Hello and welcome to The Agenda on Monday the 19th of December 2022. I'm your host Christopher Gallagher and we have an action-packed uh, podcast for you. I say action-packed. Um, it's to people who are dying of uh, the flu and COVID. I've got the flu. Colin, you've got COVID. How the hell are you, Colin Kearney? I, I am... I was about to say I'm super. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm fine. It sucks, but uh, I'm using it as an excuse for all my bad opinions and uh, poor fact recall. So, um, listeners, it's all COVID's fault. Yes, so. exactly. Um, <laughs> our uh, Cynic HQ has been decimated by the flu, um, and uh, Claire Wild is uh, she's floored by it. Um, it's been a tough couple of days for me as well, um, but. I think we're on the mend, so uh, yeah, plenty to look forward to. Uh, our good friend Kieran Devlin um, was down in London for a wedding, and due to the strikes, which we fully support, solidarity with the strikers, um, he couldn't get up on time, so um, he had to get a different train, so Kieran is not with us uh, this afternoon, this morning, this afternoon, but as we say, solidarity with the strikers, of course, uh, no problem. Uh, Colin? Uh, you've got you've got a bit of COVID. Uh, how are you other than that, sir? Oh, fine. I um, it's just uh, bad timing, but hopefully we'll be over it for Christmas, so I can go and see my folks and not kill them. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that wouldn't be a, a that would, that would be, be a, a, bo- a Christmas bonus. Yeah, that that would be a, not the greatest Christmas present to to give your parents. <laughs> um, yeah, but there's lots of stuff coming up, of course, with um, you know Christmas and that, but. Um, I think we'll start firstly by, I think we have to talk about that game last night. Um, well, obviously, we're going to talk about Celtic versus Aberdeen. We're going to cover the news. We're going to look ahead maybe to Livingston as well. But the World Cup final, um, uh, just drama, uh, end-to-end points. What was your kind of take on the kind of Argentina and Messi finally winning the World Cup? Great to see. I, I felt after the first half, it was, uh, as I'm sure most people did, that it was in the bag. France looked completely spent from the the get-go. Yeah. Um, and I was just waiting for the excuses about viruses and flus coming out afterwards. But um, yeah, I just, it really sparked a life. And I was... I was feeling the fairy tale wasn't going to happen. And uh, I was thinking, you know, I could just see the headlines. I thought, you know, it was going to be like Mbappe three, Messi two, you know, and I could yeah. just see the whole thing. But uh, yeah, delighted and and uh, probably one of the only extra times I've ever enjoyed in my entire life. Yeah. Because uh, it's normally 30 minutes of just passing it about waiting for penalties. So yeah, um, pity it happened in such a daft World Cup. But uh, yeah, it was certainly uh, brought a bit of excitement to uh, lying on the couch watching the traitors, <laughs> which is what I've been doing otherwise. Yeah, um, I mean, see the, uh, the, the Mbappe's goals, like the guy's 23 coming up for 24 to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final and to not win. Bloody hell, son. Unlucky. I mean, what? what I mean, what? I'm sure Shankland will be uh, <laughs> uh, feeling... <laughs> <laughs> it was Shankland, right? That got a hat trick against us and still lost. Yes, it was. Yes. Hey, that wasn't the COVID listeners. That was my brain that working was the brain. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, I mean, Mbappe. 
I don't know. I mean, I know arrogance is is bound to go hand in hand with that kind of genius, but I find him intensely irritating. And that's, I mean, that second goal was sublime. And I love, I love a volley. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things in football. And uh, so I was, I was, I was uh, grudgingly admiring of that. But uh, yeah, um, but he's also. Do you need three guys to to oil you down um, before extra time? Did three he, guys, guys, all giving him a good old. <laughs> he's like he's like a Ferrari though. You got you, you know you got to take your time. You got to make sure all the parts are working. <laughs> um, but I mean, uh, ultimately, we're not going to spend too much more time on it. But uh, just delighted for Messi. Um, mm. he, he's just a very likable guy. He's part of a you know Argentina side that maybe isn't the most gifted. And again, there's parallels between you know him and and Maradona and. I mean, there's always going to be parallels between him and Maradona, who's the best player of all time, etc., etc. But it was just, I was just personally, and I think most of us were just delighted for him. And it's good to see him finally be able to now just go, ah, I can rest. Like Thanos and the Avengers. He can just sit down <laughs> and relax because all the worlds are conquered. Absolutely, yeah. Um, completed football. Um, yep. Not many people can say that. And uh, yeah, I, as you say, um, just. I mean, I think it also comes with age and experience, uh, and he he just seemed to be enjoying it so much. Just seemed to be drinking it all in and not taking anything for granted. And I thought that was really lovely. And uh, yeah, no, uh, I, also a great to see. A, yeah, as you say, maybe not the most kind of spectacular team, but really a team that was playing together and playing yeah. for him. And um, and uh, yeah, excellent effort. So yeah, um, I think the the right team won, and I was pleased to see it. Yeah, and also it's funny because there's a documentary <clears throat> crew following Messi about. So, mm. like, this apparently is like the last, will be the last scenes of the documentary, and the last scenes of the documentary will be like him lifting the World Cup. It's just, it's just incredible. And, and, and something a little bit more comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not even, let's not even get started on that fucking putting the, the robe thing on him. Uh, just, well. anyway. I think, I think he, I think he dealt with it well. He kind of kept it on for as long as politeness required and then just kind of slipped it off so yeah good on him yeah absolutely um right let's say uh, let's get to the opening question um and this is more about kind of your thoughts with celtic already having signed kobayashi and johnson how much more business in and out do you think we'll do in january there's no definitive answer on this this is more just how much how much would you like What's your thoughts? Because we're not even in January yet, and we've already made some signings, rumours of players leaving. What's your thoughts? It could, yeah, I was thinking about this and the fact that it could go... I mean, I, my initial thought was it was going to be more out than in. I think there's going to be a wee bit of a um, a purge um, and with the certain kind of players that we expect to see go, then there's ones like Loki, like Idiguchi... Score Robertson, <laughs> I think has cards marked now. Yeah, um, but we'll get to that. Uh, so I think we might see a little bit of churn, and um, but the thing is, I mean, you could say the squad is a bit heavy in places, but um, but say Yakamakis goes, I still think we're we're a striker light anyway. As is, I think um, it would be nice to have some kind of third uh, third striking option apart from Kyogo and Yakimakis. Um, so if he goes, um, at least one striker is is definitely required. I think a striker is required anyway. Yeah. 
Um, and the fact that we've managed to do two signings ahead of the transfer window, I think um, there's a definite plan in place. So, uh, and Angie's been talking about uh, being reactive and having a, a and having everything kind of all the ducks lined up. So, um, but I st- yeah, I still think we're going to see a bit of bloat out the squads and hopefully see some improvements in the first team. Which I think this is something that we need to um, because your if you, if Juranovic goes and Johnston still has to learn the inverted role. Um, there's kind of you could so you could say there there'll be a wee bit of a drop off in the first team there, and I think this is something that we need to sort of look at holistically and make sure that the team is um, as sharp as possible. Yeah, um, the run out because yeah. No, no, no. Keep going. Sorry. No, I just think for for the run out because I mean I, th- I think um, I think Saturday's game shows that there's uh, we might be nine points ahead, but um, there's definite possible. Um, Sleeping policeman in the road ahead. Uh, I have no idea what that means. Please explain. <laughs> it's a stupid name for speed bumps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, which is kind of all. All cops are are bastards, including speed bumps. Correct. Yes, correct. Although I'm actually in favour of speed bumps because I live in a place where people drag race down my street. So do you live in Pollock Shields? Yes. Yes. And some people really use it as a. Um, yeah, it's very noisy between the hours of 11 and 1 a.m. It's also where people go to learn to drive. That's where I learned to drive in Pollock Shields. Ah, well, you know what? You know what? Uh, I can exclusively reveal. Um, I am postponing my first ever proper driving lesson, which was due for tomorrow. I am too old to say to be saying that this is my first driving lesson, but um, as some people might know, I deal with furniture restoration and see getting about in Shanks's pony with <laughs> with a mid-century tall boy it just doesn't work so um so I'm pretty gutted that I won't have my driving lesson tomorrow oh well listen hey there's plenty of time don't you worry about that um in regard to the the, the squad I think you, you raise good points um you, you know I think we need a striker as well we can talk about Saturday and we can talk about you know uh, the performance of Kyogo and Giacomacchus which I think were probably overblown by a lot of the support but I also kind of understand it as well um with uh, obviously Alistair Johnson I saw do you know it's funny I didn't even mean to do a like sometimes I do searches like like everyone you'll do a search on Twitter just to see if there's any gossip or kind of nonsense about any of our players from from other fans or whatever and you put in like Juranovic and you've got all these other like like their version of like the cynic or like you know their fan media so like the West Ham central fan media or whatever right and um they've got lots they've got thousands and thousands of followers and it's like um Celtic willing to do business for six million pounds for Josip Juranovic and then you go to like all these other ones and it's like the numbers that are being patted around are like five million quid and six million quid and we saw it last week with with was it Torino when they were saying you know they've put in an inquiry of you know looking to be what the hell's happening? This is a guy who played in the World Cup semi-final. Uh, it's really odd, isn't it? And it, it, you, I think there's, I think there is a inherent bias against people playing the Scottish first tier, and um, it's something. And I don't think it's something we help with disabusing people of. Because I mean, I think when we were talking about the the television deals that were happening, and 
all the people say the right things. It's the most exciting league in the world, et cetera, et cetera. We've got a real job to do to show people that it's, you know, like you can't just lowball us because it's Scotland, you know? It's like yeah. he was utter class uh, at the World Cup. And, um, and and let's face it, like English clubs pay, pay stupid money for average players. Yeah. Um, and I mean... And and sometimes from average players from Scotland as well, look at Patterson or whatever, bananas. And then you've got somebody that's proven who's basically in the prime of their career. Um and you're you're talking about spending like just kind of like taking a punt, you know? It's weird. Totally weird. Yeah, um and I think we mentioned on the weekly about the sort of SPFL tax, um, you know, of not playing mm. in, in in the top division and stuff. But you know, it's it's just really really frustrating. But so, you, in in your point of view, uh, you'd like to see a striker be brought in, no matter what. Um, you are looking. So the idea with Alistair Johnson, obviously, he needs time to, as you say, kind of get that role kind of down and to to point. Is he going to be? Um, my, my point being. Would you be looking at Juranovic to start at Ibrox if we haven't sold him, or would would you leave him out the squad? Because I mean that that that's the kind of big question, I guess. Because Juranovic, I know obviously you're a you're a, a Ralston stan, and that's cool. Um, and I think Ralston's been playing fine. Um, but like Juranovic, obviously is you know our, our first choice. But if he's not away yet, and there's kind of still nothing concrete, mm-hmm. he's still our player. Do you play him? Or do you just look and you say, actually, we're just going to leave you out of this and you have Alistair Johnston on the bench? Because he can play at that point. Yes. Um, I think you play Juranovic. I think if, if, no, if no pardon me, if no business has been done, then uh, I think his ego would dictate that he puts in a good performance against and in the most kind of glamorous tie <laughs> we have available domestically. Yeah. Um, I don't think that, you know, I, yeah, I, I am a, a sort of a almost comedy Ralston supporter, but I, you know, like Juranovic is a great player. Um, and I don't think he would, I don't think his head has turned so much that he will not put a, turn in a performance on Saturday January. So yeah, I think if he's available, you play him. Yeah, um, we've got a transfer committee um, coming up in January. Um, we'll be looking at uh, doing the usual with the original transfer committee uh, and we may have other some, some other bits coming up as well. So uh, look out for that. We'll go over everything as and when it happens. But it's going to be a big month for Celtic in, in a number of ways, uh, specifically with the, the Glasgow Derby as well. Um, okay, so what have we got coming up for you this week? Well, this is, this is Christmas week, so let me talk you through it. Um, we've got the agenda coming up. Uh, which we're currently recording, you're currently listening to. Uh, that drops at one o'clock uh, every Monday. On Tuesday, we've got the review. Um, uh, that'll be Christian and Graham. They'll be looking over the Aberdeen game from a stats and tactics point of view and looking ahead to uh, what else is coming up. On Wednesday, we'll have the preview for Livingston. We'll drop the preview nice and early so you can uh, get that in your ears before the game itself. On Wednesday, we've got the reaction to the Livingston game, which will be, as I say, uh, straight after the game, so listen out for that. Thursday, we'll have the Cynic Weekly, of course, as usual. Friday, we'll have the preview for the St. Johnston game, which kicks off on Saturday at midday, Uh, so we'll have a reaction for that on Christmas Eve. And then we are off. Uh, We're going to take some time off Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, so we're off Christmas Day, Boxing Day, and the day after that. First Boxing Day we've had off 
in four years, three years, four years of, of recording. So um, that's quite good. But we're back on Wednesday, the 28th of December with the Hibs reaction. Because uh, Celtic could travel to Easter Road for the Hibs game. And then after that, that's when the Derby content begins. So from the 29th of December, we're going to have lots of Derby content. Uh, Celtic versus Rangers. Looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, great stuff. Um, what games, eh? So much football coming. <laughs> I mean, it's the, that's the thing. You go what with like a month and a half or a month without any football, and then all of a sudden it's like ball, 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 ball. <laughs> it, it's it's kind of hard trying to kind of figure out. Like usually when we're obviously with the cynic, it's like January's. You've got this whole month where there's no football, or at least like three and a half weeks. So that three and a half weeks gives like me and and the kind of team and Claire and stuff like time to be like okay we can produce content and we can um, I'm talking at school here a little bit but you can produce content and we can um you know plan things out but there's games now and and the time that we had you know off was the world cup so it's just it's completely the world cup really has thrown us um off quite a bit not in a bad way just in a sort of you have to kind of make things happen you know um Right, let's uh, let's get some news. Uh, Finnish Faros chief uh, Gabor Kupatov is open to selling 25-year-old mid- midfielder Isa uh, Ladwini, who has been capped 27 times by Tunisia and was previously linked with Celtic. He'd cost £3.5 million. Uh, Christian talked about this guy um, last week. Christian really likes him. Um, many people are interested, uh, the chairman was saying. We haven't received a specific, specific offer yet. But I'm sure it will come. He played at a very high level at the World Cup, and if we receive an offer that is worth considering, we're open to negotiations. We have to find the right balance to if we sell somewhere for good money, we can get more benefits from that. This is a guy who, again, it's silly season in regards to links, um, but he really does kind of 25 year old World Cup midfielder um, playing at a, a team, as Christian mentioned when he did his report, playing at a team where they have to win every week almost, like Celtic. And then they go into Europe and it's, you know, different tools for different kind of challenges. Um, does he sound like someone you'd, you'd be interested in? Yeah, I, I, and I think that the midfield, uh, again, this is going back to the the bloat, potential bloat in the squad. I think yeah. some of it's in the midfield and especially with like McCarthy has got a hamstring issue. I mean, Regardless of the fact what you think about James McCarthy, anyway, he's, he's, he's essentially a, a, um, a chess piece that we can't play. Yeah. So um, he sounds ideal, and it's not just a kind of um, sometimes, especially around World Cups, you feel there's a lot of knee jerk. Uh, this player, oh, caught the eye, so everybody's interested in him. Uh, I think there's somebody that we've we've been linked with before. Yeah. Um, because we played French Faros. Seems forty like, billion times, yep. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um I think we should go for like a a, a double a double dunter from Ferris Farris. I think we should um pick him up in uh May uh as well. Just put in a wee a wee cheeky sort of twofer, twofer. and uh <laughs> and see how we get on. Um but yeah, I think yeah, there's there's two players there that I would really like to see. And as you say, that mentality I think the mental the must win mentality of Celtic is a big um, learning curve for a lot of players, um, and to have that sort of obstacle already overcome uh, would be advantageous. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that Christian kind of highlighted um, with some of the scouting on him was he was brave on the ball. You know, when Chirizia were playing playing France, he was 
He was calm in possession. He was brave on the ball. He was someone who was willing to, you know, play a pass that maybe other players would maybe deem as a little bit risky. Um, obviously, we, you know, we've got Hitati who's is very good at that. If we had to bring in a six and an eight, we can bring in one six or one eight. What would you like to see? And I know we've got the bloat, and you know the the. Mo- the, the I hey, keep, keep, Applegore is going to you know he's for the second half of the season. Everyone, <laughs> I, I, I keep I keep forgetting him. I keep for, I genuinely keep forgetting like that we have him. Like mm-hmm. someone put a picture up on social media, <clears throat> and it was them. And I'm you know I'm I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I'm pretty sure it was Applegore. <laughs> but I was looking at him. And I was looking at the picture. Like, is that? Is that are you, are Did you think it was one of these mock-ups that when people just put any player in a Celtic jersey <laughs> to go along with some? No, the, sort of see, clickbait. The, the problem was he wasn't in a Celtic jersey. Oh. He, was in, he was in civilian clothes. He was in civvies, right. right? Oh my god! And it just looked like a wee guy and his uncle. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's that's a nice picture of this young man and his uncle. Um. But it had like a hundred, like it had lots of like you know uh, likes and stuff, and then it, I was like, oh my god, Chris, that's that's a Celtic player. That you you, you barely recognise a Celtic player, um, and that says a lot. But if you had to pick a six or an eight, what would it be? Is is six the hardest position that, to to buy for? Also, well, yeah, it, it, to to get somebody that can slot in because you're basically uh, competing for a jersey with our best player, essentially. Yeah, and. Um, but even though McGregor has not historically had too many injury problems, um, we've seen two injuries in the last year. Admittedly, you know, uh, nobody can uh, account uh, for a, a facial smash. Yeah. But, um, you know, like we, we can't just rely on Callum McGregor um, until doomsday. You know, like he's he's now, what's he kicking on, 30 now? 29. I keep 29. I, I always feel like sometimes, like with certain players, we can keep them at the same age for like <laughs> kind of like the same way that uh, our cat Ramona. People say, "How old? How old's Ramona?" And we're like, "Oh, she's five. Is she fuck? Yeah, she's been <laughs> she's... five for ten years. Yeah." <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I think for a, a six in our system, we need somebody, as you say, that's calm, brave in the ball, um, can step on the ball when we need to, but can also uh, do a bit of playmaking. Um, <clears throat> listen, Abogor might be the Ivan Drago who's getting, you know, intense training behind the scenes, you know, getting all kinds of crazy injections and we'll come back and uh, and and put all our gas at a wish. I don't know. Um, but uh, gas, gas at a peep. I think that was the expression I was going for. I've, I've COVID did. brain, everybody. Jesus, COVID brain. You see things I've never heard of. <laughs> It's getting, okay, I'll I'll move quickly on. It's, it's, it's an expression, um, and but yeah, as you say, I think a six is really you can't just go and buy a first team number six without spending more cash than we probably have available. Yeah, I think that's the kind of the kind of key point. I, I think you know someone like Abelgore who um, ticks all the boxes in regards to like the scouting reports and and you know Christian did a lot of kind of detail looking at him and you know he ticks all the boxes, but. See, ultimately, when it comes to it, you can have the player who is perfectly fit for the system. You can have the player who has perfectly got all the attributes and skills that you want. But they turn up and 
it just it just doesn't work. It's not he doesn't fit. If you've uh, if you've ever been on a blind date and somebody's like, listen, you're going to get on so well, you've got the same interests, <laughs> yada yada yada, you meet them and you you're you're bored to tears instantly, and you're you're answering your phone, going, oh my goodness, really? Yeah, she, you know. She slipped in the ice. I need to go right now. Um, so yeah, it's just a chemistry thing. It's just, uh, and that's why football transfers are never going to be an exact science. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I, I'm completely prepared to be sitting here in three months' time, just saying, you know, actually he's worked out really well, and uh, who was a thunk it? Uh, so yeah, you just can't tell. But uh, I guess we just have to trust the process. Yeah, and, and you know that's the thing. Like, um, I'm all for um, being proved wrong, of course. I just I, I find it hard to see. Um, yeah, well, you know, we'll, we'll see because you know, and just made it clear, like, oh, you know, he's someone who's, you know, he's going to be there or thereabouts in the second half of the season. But there or thereabouts, essentially, could just be on the bench. There exactly. or thereabouts, yeah. could be you know playing in the cup games. But you know, that's all it is. It's it's fine. Um, let's talk about this guy. I'm very excited to talk about, and I was disappointed not to see him at the weekend, uh, Siad Haksabanovic. Um, there's a little bit about the fact that he, there's a transfer, messy transfer row that it kind of keeps coming up, but it's got nothing to do with Celtic. Um, so it's not really even worth really talking about, but essentially it's to do with uh, the Russian club he was at and IFK Norberg. <clears throat> It's nothing to do with us, so it doesn't matter. But what we can do is we can talk about how awesome Haksabanovich is. Um, he was he got SPFL Premiership Player of the Month for November. Um, he was quoted as saying, "It feels really good. I think we've done all right. Hopefully, I can get more goals and assists so I can help the team win. And I'm enjoying myself. I know what I can do, but I didn't expect I would win Player of the Month. I'm just happy to be here." I would say there is more to come from me. I came without any playing any games before I came. Now I have some games in me, so hopefully I can improve every day out here training, working hard. Hopefully I can do more and score more goals. Ange Postacoglu has given me confidence. He's telling me you can do your one-on-ones and don't be afraid. Haksabanovich, talk me through your thoughts. Well, I was... My heart skipped a wee beat when I saw there was like some kind of transfer fuck yeah. up, and I was like, and then I was just, oh my god, thanks, thank God for that. Um, yeah, I was disappointed to not see him on Saturday. I think he would have been really a useful tool against the way that Aberdeen set up against us because yes. I think he's a he's a real skeleton key player, um, and um, I also think having a sort of a bit of bravado a bit of confidence is good for, for a team you need somebody like that Yakimakis has displayed it in the past uh, and I'm not saying that the GG's like out the door but I mean it, I, th- I think it's always good to have a player that's got a bit of um, hubris about them um, and it's even better when it's backed up with actual ability yeah. <laughs> um, and I think he's got it in spades and and uh, yeah like sometimes I feel when players maybe not performing uh, to expectations and they're saying, well, they were a bit rusty and they didn't have a preseason. Sometimes that feels like excuse making. It feels very genuine in Haxabandish's case. It feels like he is really um, was a bit rusty, has been eased in quite sensibly um, into the squad and yeah, I mean, player of the month I mean, that's, I mean, that's insane uh, for how, how short a uh, time he's been with us. Yeah, I thought his performance against Ross County was was absolutely sub, sub, sublime. Um, 
I, I, I think you're 100% right in regards to that game on Saturday. He really is, I love the phrase, skeleton key player. He is like a skeleton key player. What I think is really interesting about Haksibanovic is, see sometimes, and this might just be how my brain works, I'll look at a player or how a player plays and my brain will instantly be like, okay, you're this. So Jota is 100% a winger. Jota plays on the wing. Giacomakis is a striker. And they just, my, my brain picks up them as this and it just, you know, Puts them in categories. Um, Cal McGregor is a midfielder. Haksibanovic, my brain's like, hmm, <laughs> you know, uh, he is a football player. Um, and I know that's, the, 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 as you say, skeleton key player aspect of it. But it is, see, when, I, when, I, when I'm kind of thinking about putting players in, in kind of categories, I still don't know where, where you put Haksa. And, and I think it's, it's interesting because, you know, he plays so well in the eight. Uh, mm-hmm. In regards to like that unlocking a thing out wide, he, he plays well with his kind of his, his runs inside and stuff. Where would you? What would your? If you had to choose, where would you play him? I think um, driving through the middle. I think we've only we've not seen enough of it. But when he has played in that position, he's been excellent, and I think he also provides something that we don't have a lot of otherwise. Yeah, um, he. I mean, he he can be really great in the wing, and he's really good to get into the byline and and cutting back. Um, but I feel, <clears throat> pardon me, but I feel that um, he offers. I think quite a few of our players kind of do that. And even if you look at sort of our wingers, but also like uh, I think uh, Tony Ralston is del- one of his best skills is putting in a good cross and 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 uh, um, delivering the ball into the box. Um, Haksavanovic, he takes a cross, really. You know, he just like likes to hang on to it and recycle, he recycles the ball with himself, you know. Yeah. He'll start again and he'll find those pockets of space. Um, and I think that uh, with, I think Matt O'Reilly has a sort of similar skill set. Um, but I feel, I don't, right, this is going to sound like, you know, I'm I'm getting the boot into Matty. But I feel that he's having a bit, of, I think maybe playing in the six and then going back to the eight. Maybe he's had a little bit of a crisis of his footballing style. And I know he scored two goals um, in the, uh, the friendly, which I haven't seen. But, it's a, you know, it's a bounce game, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it, was and I, it was literally the goals. <laughs> aye. And he's, you know, I think there was a, a stat that he's got the highest amount of shots without a return. Uh, in the season, uh, this season, and I think um, I don't know. I just think that Hacksaw's directness and his one-on-ones and his delivery is offerings a lot of things. I'm not. I'm not just saying this like I like him and I want Matt O'Reilly out, but I think he's doing that role better, and I'd like to see more of it. I think Matt O'Reilly might just need a rest. Um, and I know, mm. I know, we've been off for a month, <laughs> so that's like <laughs> you know crazy but he's played a lot of football um you know he's played a lot of high tempo football he won't want a rest of rest of course Mm -hmm. um and it's always hard to kind of kind of do that but you know competition and competitiveness within a squad raises the entire level so uh, these are positive discussions we're having you know a haxabanovich or o'reilly you know a jota not jota because jota's going to play every time you know a bada maeda or Haksabanovic, you know, I, I think that, you know, and we're going to talk about Aberdeen, you know, Abada's coming up, Abada came off the bench on, on Saturday and he performed really well, you know, he's a guy who always performs really well against Rangers, so he's almost like a, 
a stick on to play. No matter what his form is coming up to the Rangers game, you're probably mm-hmm. like, I will, he'll start against Rangers. And, and, you know, there's so many questions that kind of pop up up and around that. Do you give another player... If you're definitely going to start a bad against Rangers, for example, do you not play him beforehand and let other players get a run out? It's, it's funny because... You always think to yourself, I want 22 players fighting for every single position. And then when you have key players in every position, you're kind of like, oh, fuck, who do you pick? <laughs> you suddenly turn into Martin O'Neill and you're just like, I just want to play the same 11 players. Well, that's it, yeah. I, I, want, I, I, I don't want 22 players. I want 15 <laughs> players. And I want the players on the bench not to be as good. No, but I, I mean, I, I love... Haxabanovich is a guy I, I legitimately have fallen in love with. I... I love how he plays football. I love... Do you know that line he said at the end? Ange Postecoglou has given me confidence. He is telling me you can do your one-on-ones and don't be afraid. He's one guy, obviously we've got Jota as well, but he's a guy who loves facing a, a defender up or a player up and just being like, okay, I'm going to beat you. And, and, and you know, that's... It gets bums off seats. You know, that's... Mm-hmm. You know, it's exactly why we go to watch the football. So, Hacksaw, I think, has got massive um, potential to really kick on. He's only 23. Yeah, you forget that as well. Yeah. That's insane. He's only 23 mm. as well. So, um, levels to come. Levels to come, absolutely. Um, and also, he didn't play at the weekend because he he was he was running to go, but he picked up a, a knock in training, which is really disappointing. Um, but yeah, hopefully he'll be back for the game on Wednesday, and if not Wednesday, then the game on Christmas Eve, because, as you say, <laughs> he's Captain Skeleton Key, uh, and I um, absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, just, I wanted to highlight... <laughs> excuse me. Um, the... The kind of quotes from the press conference. Uh, I think it was David from the Daily, uh, the Celtics, the Daily Star. Jesus, uh, from the Celtic Star, asked about Scott Robertson. Here's the clip. And Scott Robertson um, was in the paper saying that his time at Celtic is likely to come to an end. Um, what advice did you give him for his future career? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know if he should be sort of calling things himself in the papers but anyway um aside from that um yeah scott's you know one of these players um oof. <laughs> uh what, what's your kind of what's your kind of thoughts I, on that? I was pissing myself um because obviously he gets to be digging at the beginning but the way he he's speaks so rapidly he kind of is obviously just kind of trying to keep a lid and being super angry and he's yeah. just rattling through he's like quite polite response but uh you can tell he was beeling um so uh, i think as i alluded to earlier i think scott robertson might be leaving us in yeah. <laughs> to yeah. be fair um, it's just like and and i know He's young. He's not that young, but he's he's young, and he maybe needs to learn something about the niceties of how you handle um, the media and how you behave. Uh, but he's definitely made a boo boo, and uh, and I think we know that Ange Postecoglou does not suffer fools gladly. So um, uh, it, the the quote we we had it in the weekly, but the quote was. Um, Ever since the gaffer came into Celtic, he's spoken about trying to build something special. Part and parcel of that is bringing in new players and others will leave. It's a brutal business and this January we'll see others come and go and it's just the nature of football. I wouldn't use the word frustration over my attempts to break into first team regular, but you're always told as a young player here, you need to be better than all the players who are brought in. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, what I'm reading from that is that absolutely nothing gets past Ange. And if it does Mm -hmm. get past Ange... 
he's he's not he's not going to be happy. Um, so Scott Robertson's been told he's not getting a new contract and he'll essentially be moved on. So he'll be a free agent. I think he's you know I, I don't know enough about him in regards. You know he, he seems to be quite highly rated and you know the from a lot of different positions and stuff. People talk about him. You know when he went down, to, I think it was Crew he was at or whatever. Like highly rated is <coughs> kind of catch all term for. A good player, so I mean, good luck to him. But yeah, I think you know, I think he probably gets scolded by Ange. I, I just think it's a really interesting insight because how Ange, like, it, instead he's almost kind of taken aback, like, oh, okay, right, I need to, as you say, kind of just hold it back a little bit and just be calm. Um, and he's clearly annoyed with it. So it's just interesting to to see that part of him, you know. I, I and it's. Yeah, I, I think it's quite telling that he did prefix that with "I don't think he should be saying that," and I think that's almost like a that's like a open statement to all his players to yeah. sort of because um, I, I imagine that like he he seems like a pretty straight shooter, and I feel that if you know you you will get back what you put in, and I think if you if you're a wee bit um, uh, cheeky. You're going to get it back in spades, um, but also I think it does show that with the, the 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 problem that we've been talking about as a support for quite a while now about how how we get young players from the academy into the the team. I think it's um, things like this don't help because yeah. um, we've got a lot of um, good, as you say, kind of well well like good players um, in our youth system um, who. Are on the fringes of the team and then get sort of uh, hoovered up by uh, Premiership uh, clubs in England. So um, it's it's a bit concerning in that way because it it, it feels like that this is not this is not helping the B team and not helping the progression. Yeah, I, if, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not gonna. We don't want to dwell on this too much because we want to. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, 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 mm. no. But I, I've. I, we don't want to dwell on it too much. But mm. you know, like you know, Ben Doak, right? So, like, they're talking about Ben, like, he played for Liverpool and he's friendlies and he's probably going to be in the first team in and around the squad for the rest of the season. Um, and I just... How did Celtic not see that? Like, how how did Celtic not see that? And if they did see that, why did they not do more? Well, it, I think in a way, I'm, I'm, making, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of almost making an inference from... The Robertson situation and how Ange dealt with it to the Doak situation. I think that it it must be very because as we've said before, Postacoglu is not going to play you if he doesn't think you'll help him win and achieve his goals. Um, but I think that there's with Ben Doak, uh, it's obviously a player of ability that could have helped us win those goals. But like, what is the relationship there? What is who is mediating between? Ange Postacoglu and our best talents uh, further down and there's obviously a real breakdown somewhere I don't know where it is but um, I just think this is another little hint a little bit of evidence that all is not right in that area. Yeah absolutely I couldn't agree more excellent point um, but even uh, see like I don't even necessarily mean under Ange Postacoglu I'm talking about like yeah. three years ago like well if the, you know there's no point was, dwelling on the past but yeah when you see he was it, like 12 3 years ago though right fuck up fuck up he was 15 14 he was 13 okay that's yeah that's a good point um 
but I, I just you know it's incredible to see you know we've we've lost a lot of good players we've lost a lot of young players who've um kind of went on to go to you know elite academy academies and you get the odd update with them and stuff and that's great you know Liam Morrison's the captain of the uh, Byron B which is absolutely no mean feat that's incredible and stuff and, and great stuff but Ben Dock's in the Liverpool team <laughs> no, like Ben Dock's in the Liverpool team it's kind of like yeah so I think you're right though I think it kind of shows a little kind of shows behind the curtain a little bit um but yeah, I mean, this again something we'll, we'll keep keep coming back to. Uh, the final point of news before we go to the um, Aberdeen game and look at that. Celtic's tie at home to Greenock Morton um, is going to be on the BBC. So Celtic's tie at home to Greenock Morton uh, is on Saturday, 21st January, 12 12.15, 12.15 uh, kickoff, Celtic Park, BBC One, um, that's good. They also have the Aberdeen game uh, visit to Darfield in the Scottish Cup, which is a right good Scottish Cup game. Um, should all Scottish Cup games be on free TV? It's like a no-brainer, but I, I, we're not going to go over old ground, but the amount of subscriptions that you need uh, to do things in adverted commas legally um, mm-hmm. is, is ridiculous. It costs Scottish football fans hundreds and thousands of pounds to follow their team. It's but I don't see there's any way I, I would love to see um, all the games shown by the BBC I think these things are when things are on council television it's the way it should be but we're looking at a real atomization of society generally with subscription not just in football but if you look at um, I mean obviously in straightened times where people don't have a lot of uh, expendable uh, income um you're probably going to spend more time at home. So like there's, cause you know, you can't go to the pub, you can't go to the pictures, everything's too expensive. Um, I certainly know that we stay in a lot more than we used to, you know, yeah. and it's not just the fact that I'm decrepit. Um, but the, um, so if you're watching TV and you've got to catch up on the, you know, like slow horses on Apple TV. So you've got to subscribe to that. And then you've got, everything is across the way and there's no water cooler moments as they, we talked about 10 years ago, you know, yeah. Oh yeah. But you were talking about big brother or whatever. And those things are getting, you know, they're, they're now the bastion of old people, but people are just, Oh, just old people watch telly now. And it's all, you know, you can get whatever you want all the time. Um, but I think that's really damaging to society because it's like the, the, the less you share as a society, the more division there is, the more um, I think communal experiences are super important. And football is essentially a communal experience. And um, the more readily available it is, the healthier people are. And it's as you say, it's just like, you know, we're football fans and we want to watch every single minute Celtic play. And, um, and we're one of the biggest clubs on the face of the planet. And it's a logistical nightmare. And um, and then there's people that can't, you know, we're lucky in that we we can go to the ground if if, if we have that ability. Um, but yeah, I it really depresses me, and it's I just feel it's like getting more and and especially with Twitter becoming this kind of uh, which was okay. It was like a great place for people to spout memes and uh, one-liners, but it's also been a quite an important tool which was had a, a inherent democratization there and uh and now we've got this megalomaniac who is now preventing people 
from sharing links to other social media sites. Yeah. And this is uh, so uh, a so-called freedom of speech uh, absolutist, you know. So it's all, I mean, it's all a big horrible thread. Um, it's all bound together. And sorry, I'm really rambling here. This is <laughs> no, COVID brain. It's good, it's good, it's good. But, but the BBC is, I used to work for the BBC back in the day. And um, I worked for BBC Information and I dealt with the correspondence department. So I wrote, replied to all the letters the BBC got. And seeing how the BBC has, you know, the people that are behind it really kind of fuck it up. Um, but I think the BBC is still such a great thing. And uh, like our NHS, it needs to be wrestled out of the hands of the self-interested uh, elite and... um so, so what Scottish Cup games should be shown the BBC? Yes. <laughs> so I'm just, gonna, I'm just really. It's almost like I've had ten beers. But I've just, <laughs> I've just got a really, really crazy flu. Yeah, great. Um, I just, you know, I think the shared experience thing is really, really important. I think, like, how are you supposed to get a feel for Scottish football, like? without watch being able to watch the Scottish Cup. How as a we some of my um, funnest and uh, most educational experiences is, w- is watching Scottish football on the BBC. Um uh, you know, as a wee guy in the eighties and the nineties and you know, you can't do that now if you're from like a, a low income family or, you know, you're a single parent or something and they just can't afford these, you know, extra subscriptions. It, it's it it goes against everything that Scottish football should be and I know we're preaching to the converted and I know people are kind of probably going yeah yeah we know this and that's mm. fine but sometimes are are we talking about it enough are we talking about this is our game and we're letting it's, it's kind of a metaphor for the whole thing it's a metaphor for society at this point we're just, we're just letting people say yes we've sold off another part of your game to another subscription service so now the fourth round of the Scottish Cup will actually be on, you know, this and the fifth round of this. And, you know, the, the, the World Cup is a perfect example. That World Cup final last night, everyone was talking about it. Everybody was buzzing about it because it was on the BBC and it was on ITV. Like, everyone could get access to it. All you mm. needed was a television. And that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's... I, I was saying earlier about how... We talk a good game when it's like the Scottish League and how it's the most exciting league in the world and anything can happen. Um, and unless you're listening to, I mean, to give it its due, Radio Scotland does a, a, an okay job at like presenting Scottish football in a slightly larger context and will cover you know, different leagues. And uh, I mean, there's some real, there's, there's some questionable characters on there, but yeah. Um, but uh, at least you do get an, an impression that there is a kind of support for the national game, um, and yeah, I, I want I want people to be able to see Celtic um, on television and just see like when we're when we're firing on cylinders, we're the best team to watch in the world. Absolutely, I could agree more. Let's let's talk about the best team in the world playing uh, some dynamite football uh, on Saturday. Celtic took on Aberdeen at Pitodri. Uh We scored uh, late on. Um, an absolutely sensational performance uh, and goal from Captain Callum McGregor. Uh, Celtic being back, what an absolute thrill. What were your thoughts on the game overall, Colin? Um, it's difficult when you're watching it and then what you're reflecting upon, um, which is shout out to the reaction panel. Um, it's 
at the time it was very frustrating um and it seemed like we were kind of a wee bit devoid of imagination um but i watched the highlights back and you know we were so dominant and they were playing such horrible football um and we found a way and sometimes you know like i think you know, sometimes we just think we're just going to horse teams constantly, and it's a failure. But we 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 got an important three points there, um, which didn't look guaranteed. And I was kind of a wee bit worried that we would not score and then lose a freak goal up the other end. Um, but I think Abada made a change. He was an impact sub for once, which is great to see. Uh, you know, I'm not the biggest booster of Abada, um, but I felt he was doing th- He was beating people. He was making room. He was putting in balls, and I was a bit disappointed to see people not getting on the end of a few of his um, his crosses. Actually, I felt that the people needed to take a few more gambles. Um, I thought it was kind of hilarious that uh, <clears throat> new signing Alistair Johnson tweeted "get and skip," so he told Callum McGregor to get in the bin, and he scored the winner. <laughs> Disgusting. 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 Get in the skip. Skip. Um, I think that game is really... We did the previews for it, so obviously (coughs) I sat down with Christian and we did the tactical analysis um, and we had um, Gary on from the AZ um, podcast, ABZ podcast, sorry, and... um, you know, they were talking about how against Rangers, really, really high press from Aberdeen, really try to push the issue and how Rangers basically just kind of played around them. And Christian will go into more detail with this on, on the mm. review tonight, um, which, um, sorry, tomorrow morning. Um, and, you know, Christian was like, well, what are they going to do? Are they going to they gonna do that? Or are they going to go kind of ultra-defensive? Or, or, or it didn't even say ultra defensive. He just said, "Are they going to go a bit more, bit more defensive and be a bit more structured?" I have never seen an Aberdeen team play like that. Um, it was surreal. It was so odd, and um, I think the pelters that Goodwin's got for it. Um, I mean, it might have been slightly different, but even if they'd got a draw out of that, I, th- I think they would still get absolute pelters for. Yeah. Um, such a, a a joyless approach to football, and and it didn't even fucking work. You know what I mean? It's just like, what's the point? And they've got players that can play football. This is the thing. Is like, and they they didn't seem to have any. Um, it was almost like the the midfield didn't exist. They had a ten nine ten man defense. <laughs> Uh, and then if they got the ball, they would just punt it up and hope that the one person that was floating about, Miosky or whatever, would 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 do something with it. Um, and yeah, uh, and you know, I, I think it must be it must suck to be an Aberdeen fan to see that. And it's like, okay, nobody likes getting beaten four one, but. They scored a goal. They had a few more chances in that game, if I remember rightly. There was a, it was a bit more exciting. They rolled the dice, and uh, you would, I would take a four-one defeat like that rather than a one-nil defeat, just playing so negatively. I mean, this is the classic Celtic in Europe scenario. There are people, there are supporters uh, that support 
Celtic, um, and by the way, everyone's absolutely entitled <coughs> to, their, to their opinion, and um, you support Celtic however you want to support them, but there are people who would like Celtic to play like Aberdeen played, mm. um, and uh, in Europe. It, yeah, it, it's, I, an, it's I, anti-football. I don't. Yeah, and it's and as as there's no, you know, there's no guarantees that it will work, and it's like called pragmatic. You could say that Jim Goodman set up very pragmatically against a very attacking Celtic side, and were narrowly beaten one nil. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, they could have got a point, but at what cost? But yeah. at what cost? Yeah, and 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 that's the thing, though. Like you know, when people kind of throw that sort of you know, um, you know the the pragmatic pragmatic sort of idea around. Very rare, like it, it, it occasionally happens that you will have. You know, I think about Celtic versus Barcelona two thousand and four. Right, that was a defense. That was a really really defensive. But that was a defense because you knew you were defending against something. You so, you, you you were made to defend as well. It wasn't just like we are. Go- it was just like. It was against a force of nature. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and and obviously, you know, the the one nil defeat uh, against um, Barcelona when Messi um, when Messi's playing, and you know, we win one nil. But again, just outrageous, right? Mm-hmm. But nine times out of ten, when when uh, maybe not nine times out of ten, but more times than not, if you set up like that, what will happen is what happened on Saturday, and you know, it just took. I mean, what what's your thoughts on McGregor's performance and his goal? Ah. Oh. Unbelievable! I thought it was really funny. They kept saying, "Oh, he did, the Celtic did, didn't miss McGregor at all," and it's like you're missing missing the point, big style. Absolutely. Um, he was uh, he's peerless at the moment, and um, and talk about you know, I, I, at one point when I was, I mean, obviously I was getting frustrated. I'm sure we were all shouting at the TV, wanting that breakthrough. But um, at one point, I was just like, McGregor's going to grab this for a scruff of the neck. He's going to do something. And uh, and he did it, you know. And it's just like I, you know, I haven't seen a striker uh, at the top of their at the peak of their powers couldn't have done a better, uh, produced a better finish than that. Um, so he's such a, so important as a leader. Going back to that pragmatism, if you look at Haxabanovich, who wasn't playing obviously, but he was talking about how Ange has given them the confidence to to fail basically, yeah, um, and just play, you know, and. It, this is this this is what you get. You get sort of um, okay. You might not you know, say it was our best performance of the season, um, but it still got the results, and we still had some cracking chances. Yeah. And um, and I think if Kyogo uh, had buried one of his, he had two. Well, yeah, I think he had one golden opportunity, yeah. which came off his shin guard, unfortunately. But that wee scissor kick he did, if that had gone in the back of the net, that would have shut some people up and I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah. Because <laughs> as I was, yeah, I was getting really, I'm getting quite pissed off with the, the anti-Kyogo chat. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing though. Like, um, there was a lot of people who, uh, like on social media and, 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 and such, and it's very much a case of um, if Kyogo isn't performing to the optimum, um, get Gigi on, and then Gigi comes on, and he just doesn't perform to the optimum, um, which happens. You know, I don't think it's either player's fault. I, I think we literally, they, Aberdeen had 10 players in their box at points. There is very little to no space in there. I mean, don't get me wrong, Kyogo probably, that, that chance that Kyogo missed was very frustrating. And if we had dropped points, I would be pissed off at him. But mm-hmm. at the same time, 
it was a year ago today that it was a League Cup <laughs> final um, in which he performed miracles. Um, my point being, I don't think he's at that level yet. I don't think he's got back to that level. I think he can, and I think he will get back to that level. It's just going to take a little bit of time. Um, here's what I think it's really interesting that the point you raised about Ange Postacoglu giving them the platform to fail. Because I, I get the feeling that if you did exactly what he tells you and you lose, Celtic lose, I think he'll be okay with that. Whereas if you do something different and Celtic win, I think he'll be okay with it. I think he'll be a bit annoyed as well. Do you know what I mean? Like he's got, he really believes so much in that process that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all about giving players platforms, but you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep following my instructions. I'll give you a little bit of individuality and I'll give you a little bit of, um, your own ability and your own decision-making, but let's not stray too far from the playbook. And and look at it this way. Like Aberdeen have, have, have gone, on this pendulum swing between playing high press and football and uh, like a sub block, low block, yeah. <laughs> um, and with with kind of um, no palpable results. Uh, and I think this is the question that Jim Goodwin's got to answer: is like what 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 is your what is your philosophy? I know he's not he's not the most experienced manager in the world, uh, and I'm sure he's still got learning to do. But you know, he, I think. He has to decide what is his. Are, are you just like uh, going to be a journeyman coach who just floats about and uh, manages average teams until you retire, or are you going to develop a philosophy of football and ethos, uh, and people can, you know, attach themselves to that system, that ethos, and get results? Yeah, I think. See, <clears throat> if I was an Aberdeen fan. I've been, hey, we've all been Celtic fans under uh, Neil Lennon's management. When you swing from one extreme to the other, like um, you know, oh, we'll go three for three at the back. We'll go four at the back. We'll we'll go defensive. We'll go attacking. You know, people can say all they want about Ange Postecoglou, but you know exactly what you're getting with him. He has a philosophy. He is a style of football. He is going to play. Him and his team are going to play one way, and that is exactly what Celtic should be about. And, you know, here's what Ange had to say. Ange, well done today. Are your overriding emotions after that delight and relief? Delight, yeah, not relief. I, I thought that's as dominant as we have been in a game of football and away from home um, in a difficult place. Uh, you know, we got our goal late, but I just thought our approach the whole way through, our discipline, we didn't get frustrated. We, we kind of, you know, made them work hard and, you know, I think they had one shot on goal right at the end there. But, um, you know, for, for a performance, I couldn't ask any more of the lads. And, and, you know, even though we didn't win more comfortably, which we should have, um, when you win 1-0 and, and in that manner, it just shows the discipline, um, you know, and the sort of belief that the boys have in the way we play. I think the statistics bear that up. 81% possession, 30, 30 attempts on goal. I mean... It's statistics that would suggest that you might have won by three or four goals, but you got the one in the end. But, you know, the guys put so much in and they got what they deserved eventually. Patience was the key, wasn't it? Yeah, patience and lots of discipline because it's easy to get frustrated and, and sort of know that you're dominating a game of football so much and you're missing some chances that we usually put away and, you know, to maybe change the approach or lose a bit of belief. But, you know, it never happened and that's not just today. It, 
it's been you know synonymous with us and you know it's why we get goals late and, and why we get goals early is because we, we we stay on it all the time and um, like I said I, I was really pleased um, with, with with both our football today and our mentality um, you know coming off a break you're not really sure what to expect but uh, um, that's as well as we could have played I think I are you starting to relax not re- relax is probably the wrong word but see when he talks about like our mentality that's why we score goals early and score goals late i am see on against the aberdeen aberdeen against the aberdeen against aberdeen i was a little bit frustrated there's no question about it um uh, the text messages to you and paul cullen are, are, are clear to see um but i was also not as worried as i have been in the past because part of me was just like i mean well i mean we will score you know, is that sneaking into you as well, your mentality? Well, first of all, I think the seagull made some really good points. <laughs> um, and I agree 100%. Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I... I don't, I, I, am I confident we'll score? I mean, I don't think I will ever be that kind of... I mean, I'm quite an optimistic person, as you know. Um, and I, but when it, when it comes to the you know the 80th minute and we're still just kind of banging on the door i i'm not surprised but i'm not expecting it and and the cathartic release of that goal was something else by the way it was just utter you know delight and relief and um and just seeing the the player reaction to the goal like seeing Callum mcgregor celebrate like that old old uh old row chops jumping on who who looked did you see him before the game and he had his like head in his hands like in the and they were standing in the tunnel waiting to go on the pitch and ralston had like his <laughs> was had and a bunch of like the sort of the the sort of um the coaching team passed him by were giving him a wee pat and I was like, is he just like really nervous or is he ill or has he had some bad news? <laughs> that's, hey, that's just his routine. That's just what Raul Chops does. Um, just a wee, a wee cheeky cry just to get it all out. I don't know. Um, I, I, there was the part at the beginning of the um, um, game and I kind of highlighted this on Twitter when Andy Walker basically says, you know, Celtic didn't really miss Callum McGregor. <sighs> and I find that really ludicrous. Now, his point being there were other players that played and Celtic yeah. didn't lose any games. We didn't we didn't field any 10-man teams. <laughs> that's uh, not that's because... not the same as you know not having your best most consistent player available. Callum McGregor on Saturday kind of for me personally his status rose quite a bit like mm. that to, that was the game this is for me again you know, he's already a, a title winning captain and, you know, he's captain in the Champions League and that's absolutely fine. I'm taking nothing away from him, from anything he's done in the past. But for me personally, I almost felt like Saturday was like him saying, I'm the captain of Celtic and you'll fucking deal with it. And he rolled his sleeves up, took the game with the scruff of the neck. He made the space, technique, beautiful and in a way, he's really arrived on the cap- Celtic captain scene for me. He was there mm. for other people before, and that's absolutely fine. But I'm a I'm a 
tough guy to get get that um, kind of uh, goat brash ring from. Um, but McGregor, why are people kind of underwriting his value? I think we, we almost have a kind of like there's bias against homegrown players almost. It's just like we got to a point at some point with football where, you know, like we saw it, um, you know, back in the 90s when we started uh, signing exciting, sexy foreign prospects. Um, so n- now it's kind of so inculcated in football and culture and you get a shiny new toy from uh, Belarus, you know, uh, you're excited to see them. Um, and then you've got a guy called Callum McGregor playing and it's just like, oh, Callum McGregor, he sounds like a he sounds like a clogger from yesteryear. And yeah. it's like, yeah, what do you have to do to prove that you're the best player in Scottish football? And um, there's also like James Forrest. Um, James Forrest got his 100th assist to go with his 100th goal. And was he the third Celtic player? To Jimmy Johnson, Henrik Larson, James, James Forrest. Forrest. There you go. I mean, um, and I, I, I said to, to Tara during the game, I was like, I, I think that's Forrest's 100th assist, finally. And eventually they mentioned it on the commentary. You know, they were like, oh, by the way. And it's just like, that's that's huge. Yeah. And uh, and he, he he came on and uh, made, made a difference. And that's what we need from substitutes. And sometimes I feel that, you know, we've had substitutes and there's been no impact. I feel that Yakamakis isn't really an impact sub. Uh, I know he scored... I, Somebody could easily just come up and be like, well, actually, he scores X amount whenever he comes over. Um, but just emotionally, I don't feel like Giacomacus is going to come and save the day. And I wasn't surprised. I was like, Callum McGregor, scruff of the neck, going yeah. to sort it for us. Yeah, and, and I think that's the thing, though, um, just with, with James Forrest. Um, and I, I'll, <laughs> I, I'll admit, I'm, I'm, you know, I've been guilty of it in the past, maybe undermining him a little bit. But it's funny, even the start of the season compared to now, when James Forrest comes on, I don't think people, at the start of the season, people would have been pulling their head out saying, what's James Forrest coming on? Whereas now you're like, oh, Forrest is coming on. I think he's kind of, people are, are not as down on him as they were because of, you know, recent performances and stuff. And he's, he's, he's an active part of the squad. He, I also felt he looked, he looks fitter. Yeah. I think he uh, uh, he he looked much sharper than he than he, the, the did um, last season. I think. Yeah. Uh, and even over just the other day, you know, I just felt there was a bit more um, uh, a wee bit more vim in his his movement. And um, yeah, uh, let's 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 treasure these people while they're here because um, we're so quick to jump on people and give people a hard time and um, and then sort of with hindsight being 2020 we can so let's let's enjoy them while they're here absolutely great well put absolutely well put Colin <laughs> um so we've got the reaction happen straight after the game um you can you can go back and listen to the reaction we've obviously covered the game here a little bit um tonight or sorry tomorrow morning will be the review which uh, Christian will look at the game from a stats and tactics point of view with uh, Graham Mackay. So check that out as well. Um, we've got Livingston on Wednesday, um, 7.45pm uh, kickoff. Uh, your thoughts on that game? It's Livingston at home. Um, we usually perform better against them, but we have had a few couple of, of, of draws with them over the last couple of years. Uh, Claire Wilde's first game that ever took her to is Livingston, uh, Celtic nil, Livingston nil, which was an absolute Ooh. delight. Um, Enjoy. Yeah. Um, what are you thinking about it in regard to rotation, 
Would you like to go the same? What's your thoughts? Well, it's. I think there will be rotation because I think this is something that's becoming a bit of a theme uh, to prevent injury. And I know we're just back, but there's. I mean, I think uh, we will see perhaps a, a different start in eleven. Um, I'm excited about it because it's obviously the first game back at home. Um, I think Livy are due a loss. I think they've been doing pretty well. Um, they've uh, been unbeaten in a in a, week, in a small run. Um, and they also don't score a lot of goals. And so I, I, I'm not worried about um, a, a dropping uh, dropping too many points. And I, I think it's uh, it's um, time to show people, like remind remind us all that Celtic are a great team to watch and um, put on a bit of a show, uh, to be fair. Christmas present. An early Christmas present for us all. Lovely. Um, obviously, Livingston's game got postponed. Uh, they were supposed to be playing Dundee United, but it got postponed. Um, so they'll be... Their match, match sharpness night might not be at the same level as us, so that's positive. Yeah, I think I think we. you could argue that we took a little bit of uh, time to get into the stride of playing again and um, to sort of put... Uh, put our sort of football together. So um, yeah, I think I think it's an advantage, but I also don't think we they can come in at full fitness and uh, feeling great. And I think we'll stuff them. Beautiful, love it. Uh, just on the point about the goals they've scored, they have scored fifteen goals this season, and we have scored fifty-one. <laughs> just so, flip those numbers around, just <laughs> brother. Can you, good brother, can you spare a dime? Um, absolutely uh, <laughs> sensational, as always, Colin. Uh, this has been the agenda. Thank you very much uh, for getting involved. Um, before we actually kind of sign out, just a kind of reminder of the agenda for the week. Um, review tomorrow, Wednesday, we've got the preview for the Livingston game on Wednesday morning. That'll drop nice and early. Then we've got the reaction to the Livingston game on Wednesday as well. Thursday, we'll have the Cynic Weekly. Um, Friday we'll have the preview uh, the, the kind of update looking ahead to the St Johnston game Christmas Eve we'll have the reaction to the St Johnston game we're off on Christmas Day Boxing Day and the day after we're back on Wednesday the 28th of December with the Hibs reaction and then after that the Glasgow Derby content begins we've got plenty of Glasgow Derby content coming up so wait for it Colin it's been a pleasure sir as always yeah thanks for having me and uh yeah, apologies for any <laughs> COVID-assisted runs of the mouth. Yeah, uh, and I'm off to have my first shower in like three days. So yeah, exciting times. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, from Colin Kearney, from myself, Chris Callagher. This has been the agenda, and we'll speak to you down the road. Mm-hmm.